still got we still got a minute or two. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. You guys are so chatty this morning. That's a good thing. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> let's, uh, let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for letting us be here, and we appreciate uh, everything you do for us, Lord. We just pray that you'll bless this service. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us, Lord God, and fill us so that we can appreciate you and worship you in spirit and truth. Bless the music and the musicians. Bless our fellowship together and the teaching and the teachers, Lord, and as well as the students. We'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to have peace like a river, okay? And it's in your hymnal number 750. Tell your neighbor that you're happy to see him, okay? River. 
Amen. You guys were really good. You have a seat if you want to. For our announcements, Wednesday evening, potluck at 6 o'clock and Bible study at 6.45. Um, Bill Gallagher is going to be leading the Bible study this Wednesday evening, and I'll tell you, if you haven't studied about Joseph, he's an interesting guy, poor guy. His brothers sold him into a well because they hated him. Then some enemies came along, the Ishmaelites, and they sold him to him. The Ishmaelites sold him to Pharaoh's, uh, one of Pharaoh's chief officers. The chief officer's wife took a liking to Joseph and wanted to have a relationship with him. Joseph, uh, he, uh, he declined and then he got put in prison because she ratted on him and told a lie. Then he got out of prison and oh my gosh, so come, come Wednesday evening if you wanna hear the whole story of Joseph because there'll be something that you'll be able to identify with in that, in that story. Um, the Woman's Bible Study, they meet March 4th and 18th. Uh, how's your attitude? And remember, your attitude determines your altitude, right? Okay. Men's Bible Study, uh, the Gospel of John, that's been awesome. Every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock, uh, there's food and fellowship there, and Pastor PK leads that. And that's uh, going to be this next Tuesday morning. Yes. Okay, now. You can read the rest of your uh, stuff here in the bulletin. Heaven sent flowers. We want to thank you for the beautiful flowers. That, yeah, she's uh, <laughs> she's uh, breathing a sigh of relief now that Valentine's Day is over. Okay. <laughs> hey, and I want to talk to you about volunteering. Uh, listen, uh, Debbie has talked twice now to us about needing people just to come in and be there with her, okay? Be there with the teachers. You don't have to teach, you're just a teacher's aide. And I want uh, Mary Kay to come up and tell us, she, she is a teacher's aide now, or are you a teacher? I'm a teacher. She's, she's a teacher now, we graduated. <laughs> um, I was very afraid to do that, because I'd never worked with kids before. I had my own kids, but I'd never worked with kids before. And the Lord was just talking to me about um, if I'm going to be at this church and we're going to support this church with our attendance, that I need to be willing to be obedient when he asks me to do something. And so it was extremely out of my comfort zone. Um, but um, when I got there, um, first of all, I was a assistant, or whatever you call it, where you just sit there and help cut things out and stuff like that. And, uh, and then I graduated. I'm not sure how that happened, but anyway. <laughs> but the thing that was neat about it is that Debbie had everything done. I mean, literally, if you can read and point, you can do it. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so just wanna encourage you. It's, it was, it's turned out to be a lot of fun. And I just do one Sunday a month, so I don't miss a lot of church, you know. But anyway, so. It's just a real fun thing to kind of, and sometimes we have a lot of kids and sometimes we just have one or two, but you know, I just figure whoever's there is who's supposed to be there, kid-wise, so. Thank you, thank you, appreciate it. So, 
Yeah. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Yeah. So I need two volunteers to start with. Can I get at least one today? Who would, yes, okay, wonderful. Can I push my luck and get another one? <laughs> Anybody else would like, and you know, it's a blessing, it's once a month, and you know, everything is prepared for you. You're really, you're really being able to influence a child's life toward God. I mean, what a blessing that, that is. So anybody else would like to volunteer? I'm, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, yes? Oh, Hi. little angel tapped me on the shoulder there. And thank you. Okay, so would you, would you volunteers get a hold of Debbie Brutavald and tell her that you're going to help her and she will, uh, she'll set you up. Okay, wonderful. Well, our next song is, this is the day, it's in your hymnal, page 209. Amazing Grace. Do you like that song? Yeah, let's sing it, shall we? In your hymnal, number 343. 
You, do you know that song? Okay. She was singing, this is the day with a great big smile on her face. It was awesome. Yeah. We have to get, we'll have to get you up here, Gracie, and you can sing with us, okay? Think you could do that? All right. Good. Praise his name. You know, you know, God bless this church. Yes. 
God bless this church. You know, the Lord is working in our hearts and, and we're gonna sing the song in our hymn number 654. It's called Change My Heart, O God. And this is a song that you wanna sing directly to the Lord. Change my heart, O God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O God, may I be like you. Father, that is what we pray for, Lord. We all need a change of heart in some way, shape, or form, Lord. And we just pray that, Lord God, our prayer in music will be answered by you and that you'll change our heart, that you'll answer our prayers, that, Lord God, we covet your blessings. Please just bless us, Lord, not only just today, but every day, Father. And, Father, for anyone in this auditorium here that is going through any kind of a trial or a test 
whether that be financial or relational or health-wise, we just ask that, Lord God, we could trust in you and that you know the beginning from the end, Lord. Nothing takes you by surprise. We promise to give you the gray, the, uh, the uh, honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. Change my heart, oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God, may I be like you. Amen. Well, let's take our offering, and uh, we'll continue on. Kids can be dismissed. Yeah, thank you. This little one that's going out from the front row, uh, uh, Lenora's grandchild, she was sitting there with the hymn book open, as if she could read, uh, and, and, and singing. That was really good. You did really, really good. What did Jesus say? Let the children come to me, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Father, we pray that you'll bless this offering, Lord, and that you'll increase it to the good of this church and to the good of our community, Lord. Help us to be a light in this community for you, Lord. And, Father, we just pray that you'll uh, be with us today, that you'll bless the rest of our service. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again. That was beautiful music. Well, beautiful day outside. Sun is shining. Um, let's pray that it'll be a beautiful day inside right here, huh, in our hearts. That's what we need. Father in heaven, we ask that you'll bless your word, that you'll grant us faith through it, Lord. 
For your word says that faith comes through the hearing of your word. And Father, you know that we all need more faith. Father, please bless each one of our hearts. Give us receptive uh, hearts to uh, take in your word, to believe it, and to do what it says. We'll give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name forever. All right, my friends. Well, uh, while I am giving you a little uh, prelude here, you can turn to Acts chapter 3 if you want to. Okay, that way you'll be ahead of me. Last week I talked to you about expecting the unexpected. Do you remember that? Expecting the unexpected. And it's going to happen. I mean, each one of us probably has some testimony about something that has happened in our life that was unexpected that probably wasn't very good. All right? I mean, it's just the way it goes. And I gave you a formula last week, and I'm going to repeat the formula to you so you'll remember it. It's the formula for success as a human being. The first part of the formula, or the first point, was you must be born again. If you're not born again, everything is going to go wrong. Okay, I mean, even down to the very end, it's going to go wrong for you. So you must be born again. You must receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and live your life according to Him. The second thing is we have to learn God's Word, don't we? You know, this is our instruction manual. And if you don't know the instruction manual, you're probably going to make a mistake because I know most men don't look at the instruction manual when they put something together, right? I remember one guy, I won't say who, one from this church, he put one of those basketball hoops together, right? And when he got to looking at it, after it was all done, it was on backwards. <laughs> so he'd take it all apart. Yeah, that was, that was a bummer. The third thing is pray. James, the half-brother of Jesus Christ, said the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and it's effective. Okay? Your prayers will be powerful and effective if you'll just pray. The fourth thing is don't be deceived and don't deceive yourself. The fifth thing was be honest and obedient. In 1 John it says that those who confess Christ must walk as Jesus did. And Jesus walked in obedience. And really, you know, once you kind of get the hang of being obedient, I'm not going to necessarily say it becomes easier, but being disobedient becomes harder. Okay? It just does because it, it, it convicts you in your heart that you're doing something wrong and that you're, you're, you're hurting if you will, if I could say that you're hurting your Savior, Jesus Christ, who died for you. The next thing, or the sixth thing, is to be prepared spiritually, mentally, and physically. It says in Peter, it says, In your hearts set apart Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone or everyone who asks you to give the reason hope that you have inside of you. The seventh uh, reason or the seventh point that I brought up to be successful was look up. Okay, look up. Learn to love God. 
Learn to be thankful in all circumstances. That's a tough one. And rejoice in hope and love, learn to love your neighbor. Jesus is coming soon, my friends. If I mean, I just don't think we're all wrong when we look at the Bible, we look at prophecy, we look at the world, and you read the newspaper, you watch the news, and it goes right on in line with what your Bible says, the chances are pretty good Jesus is going to come soon. So, this message, all right, I entitled, Will You Give What You Have? Oh boy, he's going to do a message on giving. Yes, I am. But it's not about giving money. I'll let God convict your heart about that, okay? This is about giving of yourself. You know, we've all got gifts to give. God's given us gifts. And we are to use those gifts and give those gifts for the betterment of each other and for the glory of God. It's interesting because in, you don't have to turn there, but in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Paul gives us a statement made by the Lord Jesus Christ that we don't have a record of. He tells us in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, that Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, if we want to reword that a little bit, still be accurate, we could say this. There are more blessings associated with giving than there are with receiving. That's just a fact of life. Now, Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read to you a, this is not a parable, this is a record of an actual incident that happened in the life of Peter and John and others. And here's what it says. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. So this is what we call the inter-testament period of time where most of the believers at this time in Jesus were Jewish, all right? They had not reached out to the Gentiles yet, so they were still in that period of time where they were going to the temple, they were worshiping in the temple, Jesus was, was uh, uh, transforming them, if you will, into grace and the, the New Testament style of worship. And the one thing I want you to think about is Peter and John. John, according to the gospel, was kind of a mama's boy. Yeah, he was called one of the sons of, sons of thunder. The sons of thunder. Well, let's see, you say it fast. And his mother, John's mother, John and James, asked Jesus, Hey, could you arrange it for both of my sons to sit one on your left hand and one on your right hand when you come to your throne in heaven and his mother and, and, and Jesus said hey uh, that's not for me to, to to give that authority no that's that's for my father to give that authority and then there's Peter Peter will probably always be known as the denier of Christ won't he but you know what something about Peter he was the first one to step out of the boat nobody else wanted to step out of the boat they were all scared stiff Jesus said, come to me. And Peter says, okay. And he stepped out of the boat. You've got to give him credit for that. 
Both John and Peter were transformed in their lives. And we're going to see in this story the transformation that took place. I want you to put yourself in this story, okay? Let's go on. So, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. What irony. What irony that this man who was crippled since birth would be carried to a gate called Beautiful. His life was anything but beautiful. I mean, think about it for just a minute. First of all, he's crippled from birth. He's a burden to his family or to his friends. They've got to carry him every day so he can beg at the gate to have enough money to buy food for himself. You know, it's really a picture of sin's condition in our lives, in, in the life of, of a human being. Crippled. Sin cripples us. Unhealthy, unsound, contemptible, disgusting, unhappy. I'm not even finished. That's a lot of stuff. Think about this man. The Bible doesn't tell us how old he was, but, you know, it says that a man crippled from birth, so you have to assume that he's probably at least later teens or older than that, right? And he's carried to this gate called Beautiful so he can beg. He's not allowed in the temple because of the Jewish law. He's not... Uh, He's not really a part of society. Society looks down on him. His family, he's a burden to his family. He doesn't have any normality in his life whatsoever. He has no self-esteem or reason for living. He's probably destitute. Now, I don't know what, about you, but when I think about my problems, okay, they really aren't that bad compared to this guy, are they? When you really think about it. I mean, this guy was... I mean, this guy had, had some real bad... And he had no way out. This was the impossible situation. I love to, to, to read and learn about the impossible situations in the Bible. If you think... The first one that comes to my mind is Abraham and Sarah. Okay? God promises them a child. And he waits... 25 years to give him that kid. That's a long time to be waiting for a promise. I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. And yet, you know what God did? God kept His promise to Abraham and Sarah. He brought them the, the child of promise. He formulated the uh, Abrahamic race, the Jewish race, and we, we now know that in the world there are probably somewhere around uh, 8,000 Jews, and that's considering that 6,000 of them got killed in World War II. That's a lot of, that's a lot of, of people. You know, it's interesting, 
Jeremiah said in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 16, you don't have to turn there. Listen to what he said. So I say, my strength is perished. So has my hope from the Lord. You've got to be pretty low to say that. Job was that low in Job chapter 19, verse 10. Listen to what Job said. He breaks me down on every side. I am gone, and he has uprooted my hope like a tree. That's pretty low. I just told this morning that this helicopter pilot that undoubtedly had a lot of things going for him committed suicide yesterday because of financial reasons and probably other reasons. How sad is that? Let me tell you one thing, okay, I want you to take away from here. You have hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. It's that simple. I don't care what's happening in your life right now. Nothing can take that hope away from you. Do you understand that? Nothing. God says He will never leave us or forsake us. And He won't. So here's this cripple. Here's Peter and John. And let's look at some more of the story. It says in verse 3, When he, this cripple, right, saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked them for money. Now, Peter looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave, him, gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. You know, just that one little phrase, look at us, tells me a lot about this man. This man was sitting at this gate, crippled up for who knows how long, years probably. People probably made fun of him going into the temple. A lot of people probably didn't give him any money to buy food with. Some did. And he probably just had his cup or bowl or something sitting there and he was just too ashamed and had such little self-esteem that he couldn't even look up at the people that were walking in the temple. And Peter and John says, look at us. Look at us. What happened then? Then Peter said this, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. That's pretty gutty. I mean, think about that. What would you have done if you had been in Peter and John's shoes? I probably would have slipped, you know, a couple of dollar bills in there and, and went on into church. And I mean, here Peter and John says, no, no, that's not what we're going to do. Uh -uh. Don't have any spare change, but I'll tell you what I do have. I got Jesus Christ. Get up and walk. And what happened? Oh my goodness. Taking him by the right hand, he, that would be Peter, helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Wouldn't you love to be a lizard on a rock there? 
you know? And just have seen that. I mean, walking and jumping and praising God. This is a guy that was, that was totally crippled from the day he was born. And here Jesus Christ heals him. One thing I want you to see in this too. Peter and John didn't just say, get up and walk. What else did they do? They helped him up, didn't they? Yeah, they helped him up. Sometimes we need a helping hand, don't we? Sometimes somebody near you needs a helping hand. Make sure that you're willing to give them that helping hand. You know, God has given us all gifts. Some of us have the gift of teaching. Some of us have the gift of encouraging. Some of us have the gift of, of giving money or giving time or giving our energy. I just asked this morning for two people to please just give an hour a month to the Lord God for the sake of these little children. And we had two people give it. That's not all we need. We need more. Okay? I want you to think about that. We need more. Well, I guess my question is, what would you have done? What would I have done in the same exact situation? Let me read something out of Psalm chapter 41 to you. You're welcome to turn there if you want. I'll wait for you to get there. It's a great scripture. Psalm chapter 41. Okay. This is a formula. And here's what it says. Psalm 41. I hear pages still turning, so I'm going to wait for a minute. Psalm 41. I'm going to start in verse 1. It says this. Blessed is he who has regard for the weak. Who's the weak among us? You know, I'll tell you something. Probably each one of us at some point of time in our life are weak, huh? Yeah. Blessed is the man who has regard for the weak. Listen to what the blessing is associated with. The Lord delivers him in times of trouble. I like that. The Lord will protect him. Like that too. And preserve his life. For he will bless him in the land. And not surrender him to the desire of his foes. The Lord will sustain him on a sickbed. And restore him from his bed of illness. Wow. That's six things I want you to think about. Just as a result of helping those who are weaker than we are at that present time. Listen. Blessings for giving to those who are weak. Number one, deliverance. Number two, protection. Number three, preservation. Number four, blessings in the land. Number five, sustaining you while you're on your sickbed. And number six, restoration from your illness. You know, I can think of several people in this audience right now that have been sustained on sick beds, huh? Yeah. You know who you are, and uh, I praise the Lord for it. We are to help the weak. We are to help each other. Listen to Proverbs chapter 19 says. You can turn there if you want to. It's not very far away. A couple of streets down. Proverbs chapter 19 I won't be there very long. Proverbs 19, 17, listen to what it says. 
He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. Do you think the Lord needs your money? Probably not. What does the Lord need? He needs us. Why? Well, first of all, He wants us. He wants us to be a part of His family. He wants us to be successful as Christians. He wants us to be light in our communities, to our families. He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and He will reward him for what he has done. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 21, verse 13. This is the negative part about doing this. He says, if a man shuts his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. James chapter 2, starting in verse 14. I'll be there for a couple minutes. If you want to flip over to there, that's... If you went to Revelation, you went too far. Although, Revelation is pretty fun itself. James chapter 2, I'll be in verse 14. We've studied it before, we've read it before, we've read it a lot of times, and you know, sometimes I have to admit to you folks, and I don't want this to be disparaging in any way, but sometimes I feel like I sit up here and tell people certain things and it goes right over your head. Now, I will admit that I'm guilty of that to a certain degree, okay, for sure. When I was first witnessed to as a, an unbeliever, man, this buddy of mine who was a drummer in a band, he witnessed to me, and I'll tell you, 95, maybe even more percent of what he said to me went in one ear and out the other. But you know what? The two or three or four or five percent stuck. And here I am today, you know. Look at what James chapter 2 says, starting at verse 14. James says, what good is it, my brothers? So he's speaking to Christians here. If a man claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? I mean, what good is it? Certainly didn't. If, if John and Peter would have gone by that man, the crippled man, and said, hey, have a nice day, what good would that have been? None at all. He says this, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Well, so, we need to be led by Christ's love. I'm going to read something out of 2 Corinthians to you. You don't necessarily have to turn there if you don't want to. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, listen to what it says. Paul says, for Christ's love compels us. Christ's love compels us. Do you feel compelled? Okay, I feel compelled that because Jesus Christ bought my soul, I feel compelled to love him back. Because he loved me first, I'm compelled to love him back. He says this, because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. 
And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. You know, let me read out of Ephesians 5. I've read this scripture to you many times. It's a good one. They're all good ones. In fact, hmm, yeah. Let me read Galatians chapter 6 first, since I turned to it first. Okay? Galatians chapter 6. Now listen to what it says here. In verse 9 it says, Let us not become weary in well-doing. Have you guys ever felt weary and just... Lord, I'm done. I'm done. I'm fried on both sides. I have got no more to give. Steve and I were talking this morning about uh, Mike Malott, who died at a fairly early age. He was in his 50s here a couple, two, three weeks ago. And you know, we're kind of jealous, really, because he got to be with the Lord and we're still sitting down here and it says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of unbelievers or believers. Just testing you guys, okay? <laughs> We're to do good, especially to our brothers and sisters. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 5 says in verse 15. It says this. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil, therefore do do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You know, Peter and John could have just passed this guy by. Oh, somebody else talk. Somebody else will talk to him. Somebody else is going to work a miracle here. I'm sure one of the other disciples are probably going to come in three. But they didn't do that, did they? The opportunity presented itself itself to them. And they took that opportunity knowing that it was God's will. Think about this for just a minute. Peter took the chance, not even about you, but for me to get up and say to someone who's crippled, walk. Yeah, that's going to take a lot of guts, isn't it? That's what Peter did. He embraced the opportunity before him. He didn't hesitate. He jump-started his faith. He disregarded the circumstances that this man was crippled from the day he was born. He reached out, he trusted in God, and he witnessed to God and all the people around him. The cripple, the onlookers, the priests, the temple guards, the Sadducees, and all of us who read this particular scripture, huh? He reached out, and you know what he did? Let's, let's finish our story in Acts. Turn back to Acts chapter 3 okay Acts 3 we're going to finish the story and I'm going to let you out early and John's going to be so jealous because he missed it <laughs> Acts chapter 3 now listen let's start in verse 6 then Peter said silver and gold 
I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, and I love this, he began to walk, then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping. There's a guy jumping around, right? Must have been awesome. And praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. Now, I'm going to skip over to chapter 4. Peter gives this speech. And, you know, there's a lot of people looking at Peter and John right now, including the chief priests, the Sadducees, which didn't believe in resurrection, the onlookers, probably the, the cripple's family and friends, etc. And Peter tells them flat out, it was Jesus Christ whom you crucified that did this good work. What wasn't me. What John? It was Jesus Christ. And he tells, he goes through the gospel with him. Listen to what Acts chapter 4, starting in verse 1 says. The priests and the captain of the temple guard, so these are the mucky mucks, right? And the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were still speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. Listen to this. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. That's amazing. What is your witness worth? What is reaching out to somebody who needs encouragement or a helping hand or something and giving of your time, your energy, maybe your money and doing it in the name of the Lord? What's the result of that? What's the result of taking it? taking advantage of every opportunity God gives us. In this case, they got put in jail. Wasn't that great? But not only that, their witness resulted in 5,000 more people believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you think about that from an ex, um, exponential, is that the right word? Ex, exponential point of view, so there were 12 apostles, okay? Then there were many disciples, right? How many people were there at the upper room after Jesus died? There was maybe 100-ish, okay, maybe. We know that when Jesus raised from the dead, it says that there was about 500 that saw it, witnessed of it. And now we see 5,000 being saved. Now, take that 5,000, where does that go in a 1,000 years? 
to millions and billions and billions of people. It's awesome. Let me finish up by reading Romans chapter 15, starting at verse 1. And here's what it says. Romans 15, starting at verse 1, says this. I'm going to finish with this. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each one of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. The question is, will you give what you have? Okay? Will you give what you have? You're the only one that knows what you have to give. So give it. Okay, that's, that's just what God wants. Pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, please forgive me for my sins. Please cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Help me to be a giver and not a taker. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to all look at your watch. The clock on the back wall. Huh? Yeah. Hello. Uh-huh. I got your back. Let's sing. Sing a song that y'all know if you want to stand with me. This might be a new song to some of you. Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so that Sunday, the, the sun is shining, and uh, come Wednesday night.